It's Talking Tuesday, a continuation of the Monday Mailbag, here on Locked On Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you to all of those who make Locked On White Sox your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we'll be continuing the Monday mailbag. We have a voicemail from our guy, Alex, that I'm excited to get to. But before we get into that, you can check us out on Twitter, at Lockdown Socks. You can check us out on Instagram as well, at Lockdown Socks. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We have daily episodes posted every single day on this feed. It's Lockdown White Sox. We are going to keep you up to date with all White Sox news. Tomorrow, I'll be updating you on some White Sox news. Got some international signings that we can talk about and some minor league signings that we could talk about. So really excited to bring you an episode tomorrow. But let's continue Monday's mailbag. Let's continue it here on Talking Tuesday. Again, Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. Alexander is going to start us off. What's up, Sean? This is Alex from Bolingbrook, Illinois, Mr. Sockside Irish 99 on Twitter. And I really liked what you had to say about your list for the uh, all-time favorite White Sox. My list is very similar to yours, I noticed it. But for today's mailbag, I wanted to give you an interesting little challenge. By position, name 10 players you would have loved to see in a White Sox uniform that just never got to play in the jersey. Thank you, Alex, for the question. We appreciate your support of the show so far. We appreciate the voicemails that you've left so far for the show. Alex went in a little bit of a different direction uh, with that voicemail. That voicemail was three minutes long in, in its entirety, and he kind of went in a fantasy route, right? I think that he mentioned that he wanted to see like Dustin Pedroia play second base for the, for the White Sox. I'm taking this in a little bit of a different direction. I like a challenge, but... I think it, it's too easy for me to go around the diamond and and tell you guys that I'd like to play. Like, I would have loved to see uh, Alex Rodriguez play shortstop for the White Sox. I would have loved to see Eric Chavez play third base for the White Sox. That would be really cool. I would have liked to see mm, Jeff Kent play second base for the White Sox. That'd be sick. First base. A lot of great first basemen. I don't really feel bad for any of the first basemen that I've missed out on. John Olerud would be cool with the helmet, you know. Uh, I would love Jason, uh, Jason Kendall as a White Sox catcher. I thought he would be really fitting on the team. Clayton Kershaw would be a cool White Sox, but I also think that he should just be a, a forever Dodger. Um, but also Foolish ba- uh, Baseball has thrown up uh, Clayton Kershaw in a Rangers hat, and it weirdly fits him. Uh, so that, that could be a possibility. But I'm taking this in the direction of guys you're not, or guys you don't know could have been White Sox. Right, guys that were connected to the White Sox at some point, and why were they connected? I found some examples of that from past trade deadline history, past off seasons, past free agents. Some names that popped up to me that were kind of, you know, uh, stunning, uh, and some some guys you will know, and some some stories that we, you guys uh, have heard before, and also some personal connections to some of these stories. Uh, we'll talk about Bryce Harper coming up. We'll talk about Tim Lincecum. Did you know he could have been a White Sox? We have a lot coming up here on this episode of Lockdown White Sox. All right, White Sox fans, it's already been an interesting offseason, and it won't be long before pitchers and catchers report. 
I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy baseball platform in the industry. It's Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable MLB fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy expert for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper and dynasty leagues, create a simple redraft league, or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, Fantrax invites you to sign up today for free. If you do, you'll be entered to win an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Baseball. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and use promo code TATIS when you sign up to be eligible to win. Don't miss this opportunity. Sign up today to win an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Baseball. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and use the promo code TATIS. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Play ball. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows in all one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thank you to those who make Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Back here on Tuesday, December 14th, we're going through some, let's say, rumors I have uh, that that connect some players to White Sox that you might not remember, um, right? I gave the example of yesterday, Cherizi from the 108 giving the example that he was the jerk that wants the White Sox to sign A-Rod. This was one of mine uh, that I was really excited for. A-Rod retired with 696 home runs on his career. I thought that he could have signed with the White Sox in that August of 2016 and hit at least his next four career home runs. So he would hit the 700 career total and join what Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds in that club, be the fourth player to join the 700 club. Slow down. The 700 career home run club. Uh, A little bit of a mouthful there, but Cherizi was on that. He said, let's add A-Rod to the dumpster fire. That's less of a rumor, but kind of in Alex's vein there. I, I love Alex Rodriguez. I've now said it too much on the show, but I'm going in a less of a fantasy direction and I'm going in more of a realistic direction, right? One of those examples, and of course this was proven true, Bob Nightingale is known for throwing out things on Twitter and being wrong. There's the Eduardo Escobar uh, tweet from the White Sox uh, that he had this year where he said that the ba- the deal was basically done and that Eduardo Escobar was going to be a White Sox. And I think that was the day that he hit like he was like four or five, he had two home runs and two doubles. Um, and then that never came to fruition. Uh, this was similar this offseason uh, from Bob Nightingale on November 27th. The White Sox, who planned to be aggressive this winter, are showing strong interest in free agent Justin Verlander, right? Made me think of what would Justin Verlander look like in a White Sox uniform. 
So I found some things along those lines of players that you never know could have been in a White Sox uniform. We're going to start off first, and I think people know this name could have been in a White Sox uniform, but it could have happened in many different ways. We know last offseason, the White Sox reached out and tried to sign Jock Peterson to, and I believe, and I could be wrong on these these numbers, so I, I, I believe they wanted to sign Jock to an $8 million uh, one-year deal last offseason. He wanted 10. They ended up saying no and signing Adam Eaton to the one-year $8 million deal. And then Jock Peterson ends up signing later for $10 million. I could be wrong on that. Maybe he wanted 12 from the White Sox. They wanted to give him 10. And then months later, he went down to 10. Could be something like that. But this offseason, they were linked to Jack Peterson. They're also linked in two different offseasons to trade for Jack Peterson. This is from December 13th, 2019. Dodgers and White Sox have had preliminary trade talks on Jack Peterson. And then you start thinking about, well, what could have been sent over? Finding rumors about that trade and, and what the pieces could have been were difficult, but I've seen some rumors that it could have been an Aaron Bummer and Jock Peterson swap, which I think now White Sox fans look at a big yikes. They haven't been able to fill and figure out the right field or DH position, but you look at Aaron Bummer, people didn't love the production he had in 2021, but there was a great article by, I think it was Sox Machine. They usually have a lot of great articles um, talking about how Aaron Bummer was kind of a victim to the shift and bad luck and that Aaron Bummer is still Aaron Bummer for the most part. So the White Sox could have lost their one of their key pieces in that bullpen to go trade for Jack Peterson. So sometimes some of these rumors aren't always good. There's the rumor that Bryce Harper and the White Sox were heavily linked in that same year that Machado was. I remember being freshly new at 670 the score um, and I was working in promotions and we were upstairs in the office and it was, I think the day that the rumor came out, the White Sox threw out an eight-year deal to Manny Machado and the palpable excitement in the room from White Sox fans was thick. It was so heavy and it, it, it seemed dreadful in a way just because it, we were out in front, but the game wasn't over. And you just had a feeling like the same feeling the Bills had on Sunday when Tom Brady has the ball in, in overtime and you're punting him the ball, right? Like you feel like the game's over at that point that you're giving up. Um, it, it, it felt like the White Sox being in the lead. Uh, at some point, it was going to fall out from underneath them. And it did. <laughs> they lost by $25 million, even though they had Yonder Alonso, uh, right? The, the, the floor fell away from the White Sox. But that same offseason, they were tied to Bryce Harper. And I remember texting with somebody I know that has some sources, and he wasn't fully uh, sure on, on the sources he was he was getting, but he was just looping me, me in. And I remember like Jeff Passan had the report saying the Chicago White Sox interest in Bryce Harper is either very real or they're putting a lot of effort into something that isn't because Jim Tomey's going to Vegas. And I remember hearing from my quote unquote sources. I don't have any sources. I've never been close to hearing about it, but you know, if anyone's going to entertain me with inside information, I'll always hear it. I mean, why not? It's it's, it's fun speculation. Um, but there was talks that the White Sox were ready to make that 10-year deal that they've never made uh, in their franchise history. They were going to go over that $300 million uh, milestone mark. And I really did have a feeling when the, the Phillies finally got that deal done, like the few days before it. 
I still had a feeling the White Sox might have swooped in there. Uh, so I, I still think about Bryce Harper being in a White Sox uniform nearly every day just because of the the sources, again, quote unquote, sources uh, that, that I had. And and the, the, the whole, I don't know, I was getting myself swept up in the whole thing, I made my, my my life a couple days about Bryce Harper going to the White Sox and and planes going to Las Vegas. So that was a real fun time uh, when the White Sox are in on guys. And I think we all missed that. And that was one of the things in doing this research. A lot of the people uh, on, on Reddit and stuff where a lot of the stuff is still archived. A lot of the comments are like, it's just nice to be in with a name, you know. It's nice to be in the mix for Bryce Harper. It's nice to be in the mix with Manny Machado. It's a sad state of affairs. It's why we need White Sox therapy here on this show. We're going to continue living through some of the trauma and some of the weird names that have been connected to the White Sox in the past here on Lockdown Sox. Have you been hearing about Stance Apparel lately? I know I've seen them pop up in my favorite video games like MLB The Show, NBA 2K. I've always thought they were really cool and look cool on my players in the game. And now they're the coolest gift you can give. They have a new line of active apparel. Their stuff is comfortable. It's well-made. Stance socks and apparel will make you stand out. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you should wear should be a direct extension of who you are. You're listening to Locked On Sox right now, and they have collaborations with Major League Baseball. You can go and buy your own White Sox Stance socks right now. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with Stance. This is Lockdown White Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. We have some news that we're going to catch you up on tomorrow, some minor league signings, some international signings that I'll catch you up on. But today we are continuing the mailbag on Tuesday, the Monday mailbag, which is continued on Tuesday. We call it Talking Tuesday. And in this episode, we are going through some players that could have been White Sox, some players that were linked and rumored to be White Sox. So without further ado, we'll jump back to 2017. And one of the players that the White Sox were looking to trade at that point was Jose Quintana. And we know he ended up going to the north side and the White Sox get Dylan Cease and Elo Jimenez, names that I'm not unhappy with. Very happy that the White Sox got those two players from the White Sox. But they could have had some other players. And one of the leaked packages was from Brian Bellick on Twitter. And he said that in that trade, Jose Quintana could have gone to the Pirates. And the Yankees would have gotten Andrew McCutcheon. The White Sox would have gotten a package headlined by Tyler Glass now. And some other names that were mentioned were Kevin Newman, Mitch Keller, Blake Rutherford, who ended up becoming a White Sox in the Todd Frazier deal that year, Miguel Andujar, and Elias Diaz. So I, I look back and, you know, now there's some rumors too with Glass now with his injury that they're looking, the Rays are looking to move him. And I, I just think, you know, especially the, the years that he was given them in 2019 and 2020, I mean, imagine Tyler Glass now the White Sox. <laughs> the White Sox are known nowadays for throwing heat and throwing uh, with high velocity 
and adding Glasnow's massive fastball with his crazy breaking ball. I mean, that would have been an insane package to get. But now looking at it with his health, the White Sox did pretty well. Dylan Cease just had the best year of his career and he was fully healthy. Eloy Jimenez has hurt himself, but for a large part when he has been healthy, he's been very good. So it's been fun to see to see that. But another thing with Jose Quintana, uh, another leaked package was if he was supposed to go to the Yankees, that the package deal, and to tie this into Monday's mailbag, uh, it was either going to be Clint Frazier, who never made it and, and really stayed with the Yankees in, in his major league career and is now on the north side with the Cubs, just signed a deal with them. It was either going to be Clint Frazier as the headliner for Jose Quintana if he was going to go to the Yankees or Gliber Torres to tie into yesterday's Monday mailbag of talking about Gliber Torres and his potential fit. Very interesting thought to think that you know, second base would have already been filled out then. And then that sends down the ripples of what do the White Sox do when Nick Madrigal's on the board. And, you know, obviously that could have been uh, affected possibly if, you know, Gliber Torres helps them win more games. They're not picking fourth that year. But you look at the MLB draft that year and what if the White Sox can't take Nick Madrigal fourth overall? What would they do? Did they go Jonathan India, who is now a second baseman, but at that point was a, a third baseman? Do they go Jared Kelnick, the outfielder, and maybe right field is figured out? Maybe they go Kyler Murray? I don't know. I like playing the the what-if games. 2018 draft is still fairly young, so not a lot of these players have, have reached the major leagues. Just looking briefly, I think that the names that jump out that have made Brady Sting, uh, Brady Singer of the Royals, Nika Horner of the Cubs, and then moving up the list, you have Shane McClanahan as well uh, from the compens- compensatory round uh, for, of the Rays. But also, I mean, most of the guys that have made it top five players, um, Kelnick was six, but he just made it up this year with the Mariners. Jonathan India just won Rookie of the Year. Nick Madrigal uh, of the White Sox, now of the Cubs. Alex Baum has made it up to the the majors already, and Casey Mize, the number one pick, has made it up there. So, you know, if if the White Sox were able to pick up Gliber in 2017, how does that affect the 2018 draft? And that's always a fun uh, ruffle or or, a wrinkle that could happen there. I mentioned earlier in the first segment that Tim Lincecum could have been a White Sox. Uh, He ended up signing with the Angels in 2016, but the top three teams were the Angels, Giants, and White Sox. So when Tim Lincecum came back in 2016 as mainly a reliever, I believe. No, he came back as a a starter. He made nine starts, played nine games. Uh, He had a 9-16 ERA. 38 and a third innings pitched. He was down in the minors and then worked his way back up. Uh, The two-time Cy Young winner in 2008 and 2009 tried to make his comeback uh, with the White Sox. Uh, Did not pan out. He went down and played with the uh, Salt Lake team, the AAA affiliate for the Angels. Had a 3.76 ERA there in seven starts, um, but was not able to put together uh, a successful return and comeback uh, in the major leagues in 2016. But it would have been fun to see him added to the list of, you know, Manny Ramirez and Ken Griffey Jr., uh, all, all those players that were way past their prime and shouldn't have been in White Sox uniforms, but could have been. Finally, we'll talk about possibly the biggest what if, and it's what if the White Sox traded Chris Sale at the trade deadline in 2016. Everyone's favorite Ken Rosenthal reported back in July 21st, 2016, that another source says the White Sox were offered a 
King's Ransom for Chris Sale in the last 48 hours and responded with a flat out no. I started doing some digging to try to find out what the King Ransom was and a lot of people were saying Dodgers, 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 Dodgers. Now we know as White Sox fans, he ended up being traded in the off season of 2016. So about, you know, what, five months later, uh, he was traded and he went to the Red Sox the fifth year anniversary of this just was celebrated back in December. Um, but you straight to the Red Sox for Jan Mancata, Michael Kopex, uh, Luis Basabe, and Victor Diaz. And I tried to put together like what could have been for the White Sox if they traded him to the Dodgers. And this is from July 25th. So four days after that King Ransom report uh, was reported from Joel Sherman in the New York Post and said Dodgers would put Julio Urias on the table in Chris Sale trades. They skipped out on Cole Hamels last year because they found the Phillies trade demands too high, but that the Dodgers would be inclined and to be more aggressive with sale than they were with Hamels and include top prospect Julio Urias. And now you look at Julio Urias for the Dodgers. He's a 20 game winner in 2021. He was a huge piece of their 2020 World Series win. He finished seventh in Cy Young award win uh, award voting in 2021. So Chris Sale, while he might not be, or while Julio Rios uh, might not be right-hander and throwing 97 miles per hour or 100 miles per hour like Michael Kopech, um, he, he has a, a bigger resume as least as least as a starter uh, so far. So you think about the what ifs, and the White Sox could have had a a big lefty arm in their rotation if they decided to send Chris Sale out west. Also, how does that change the 2018 World Series, right? Chris Sale strikes out Manny Machado to win the World Series. Chris Sale could have been on that 2018 Dodger team uh, if the White Sox pulled the trigger just a little bit sooner. But I'm glad they didn't. I love Leon Moncada. I love Michael Kopech. And you look at that Cubs deal too, or in the Quintana deal, I'm happy with Eloy and Dylan Cease. I, I, Gleiber would have been nice. Uh, Tyler Glass now would have been nice. But there's a reason these are all what-ifs, right? So I hope you had fun in this episode on Lockdown Socks. I had a lot of fun going through all the research and trying to put this together for you guys. And I hope, Alex, I, I lived up to the, the expectations uh, for that question. It was a great question. And please get creative. Call in 312-566-8727. You can write in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. This is Lockdown Socks, after all, your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we'll be recapping some minor league and international signings that the White Sox have made over the past week. I'll inform you on all of that. But now go make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I'll talk to you tomorrow on Locked on Socks. We have one last submission here. Final buzzer at the buzzer here on Locked on Socks. We have one more email from Andy and it's in the topic. It's about the topic and it's a good point. Uh, it's 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 not a trade. It's not a rumor. Uh, it's draft. And he said his pick for player that was wished on the socks. It's a little bit cliche, but hands down, it's Mike Trout. Still a bit salty. The Sox took Jared Mitchell 23rd and did nothing for the Sox. Uh, yeah, every team uh, should be kicking themselves for not taking Mike Trout sooner in the MLB draft, including the team that took him. The, <laughs> the Angels had two picks in that draft, back to back, and they took Mike Trout second. They could have... <laughs> Everyone screwed up that draft, and the White Sox screwed uh, up Mike Trout. He should be in a White Sox uniform. I agree with you. They took a center fielder, and they took the wrong one. I, I, that's 
That is true White Sox therapy right there. That is true White Sox pain here on Locked Dot Sox.